Hi folks, it's FPL General here recording episode 22 of my 59th minute FPL podcast. Recording on Tuesday the 18th of December. So this is going to be my last podcast until the new year. Uh, Tuesday the 18th of December, uh, it's a good day. Because first of all, Jose Mourinho has been sacked by United. Uh, As a Man United fan, I'm I'm very happy today. I was never a fan of Mourinho. So hopefully we can get in a a good appointment now and, and... Bring back the bring back the good times. Uh, another reason today is a good day is it looks like I'm going to hit fifty thousand followers sometime this evening, which is just uh, which is just crazy. I still find it hard to believe uh, how many people follow me for for this FPL stuff. You know, it it only feels like yesterday that I set up the account. Uh, I think it was May two thousand sixteen. I set up the account just to interact with. Uh, fellow managers initially just set up the Twitter account to, to follow Ben Dinnery like, like most of us do but um, th- thanks to each and everyone who follows me um, it, it's you know it's, it just blows me away uh, the, the amount of people that follow me so thank thank you thank you for that uh, if if you're stumbling upon this podcast for the first time you can follow me on Twitter at FPL General you'll get me on Instagram as well uh, post my team there most weeks Shoutouts this week, three 59-minute appearances. Uh, the f- Huddersfield made a double substitution in the 59th minute. So Terence Congolo and Chris Luva both make their first uh, first get their first shoutouts on the podcast. And also Brighton striker Glenn Murray, a uh, 59-minute appearance there as well. So um, one point for, for each of those. Uh, Glenn Murray, fifty nine minutes. It's Chris Hutton seems to have a thing for for these fifty nine minute substitutions. We know he's given Pascal Gross two of them already this season. So, uh, be interesting to see if if Glenn Murray gets any more of them as well. And we're we're still waiting for for Gross to get his hat trick, so we can get uh, invited onto the podcast in the in the new year. Moving into game week seventeen review, uh, it was okay. It was fifty one points. It. It was enough for a, a small green arrow. Uh, that was my, that's my fourth green arrow now in a row since the horror show in in game week thirteen. So I've, I've I've gone from about four hundred and fifty k to around one hundred and thirty k. So it's it's a good rise over four weeks, and hopefully I can keep that going now uh, over the festive period. I did I just did one transfer going into game week seventeen, and then I rolled the other one because I had two frees. So I did Arnautovic out for Mitrovic. Uh, I brought in Mitrovic with his four fixtures in mind, um, but watching watching the Fulham game at the weekend, you know, I'm already th- thinking about getting rid of him. You know, I don't usually do that with a player, but Fulham were just so bad against West Ham that I'm actually considering shipping Mitrovic already for Danny Ings this week. But I'll talk more about that when I get to transfers. So yeah, Fabianski, Doherty, Hazard, and Jimenez all did the business, and then it was frustrating from Aubameyang, captain. Mitrovic, Madison off at half time, Salah and Robertson doing nothing despite Liverpool scoring three, um, and Richarlison and Alonso disappointing as well. But again, happy with most of those players going forward, um, apart from maybe Mitrovic, uh, Madison, and there's a question mark over Salah this week as well. Juan Bissaka and Balbuena uh, smiling at me from the bench with six points. Um, I never, I never worry too much about having points on the bench. It's more of a, it's more of a good sign really that there's, it's it, it's a strong bench, and if I if I do need those guys in the coming weeks, that they can do a job for me. So, um, watch list. I've updated my watch list. 
after watching all the, the highlights. So I'm going to talk about a couple of players I've added and a couple of players I've removed this week. The first player I've added, quite a few of the players I've added this week are actually all pretty low in ownership. Most of them are under 5%. The first one is uh, Jan Bednarak, the Southampton centre-half. So he's he's only 3.9 million and he started uh, Hasenhutl's first two games and he's played very well. Um, I watched that Southampton-Arsenal game. It was it was extremely frustrating watching the game because Aubameyang had so many chances and there was one in particular where there was a ball played across the box and Aubameyang was just about to tap it into an empty net and Bednarak just came out of nowhere with a with a with an excellent challenge uh, to deny him. So that was very frustrating. But you know, he did he did catch the eye, Bednarak, and it looks like he could he could nail down a place under the new manager. Um Southampton, you know, they've their next two fixtures are okay, but I, they do have a bit of a mixed bag. Um I think they've got Chelsea and City, twenty and twenty one. So maybe not at the moment, Bednarak, but he's definitely one to keep an eye on, one for the watch list, and if he does keep his place, he's gonna be a nice uh cheap option in defence to, to free up some funds. Another budget friendly player, uh, 4.3 million midfielder, Gibbs White at Wolves, got his first start of the season um, and I know Wolves, Wolves fans have high hopes for this guy um, and he looks a real talent from what I've seen of him You know, in his in his cameo so far this season so he's another one to, to add to the watch list and if he can get regular starts even even if he just you know gets the odd start and, and gets thirty minutes in all the other games, you know he's going to be an excellent fifth midfield option for our benches because all you want is one or two points from him as your third sub. Um, f- for me, I've got Danny Ward stinking up my bench. So if the opportunity arises um, in a couple of weeks and and Gibbs White is getting game time for Wolves, I'll make that switch um, and just use him as a as a third sub every week. Um, another player. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne got back on the pitch uh, for Man City. He's 9.7 million. So I think he's the same price as Sani now. I think Sani's gone up to 9.7 as well last night. Uh, De Bruyne is only owned by 3.3% of managers. So he's likely to play uh, in the cup tonight. I think Pep said he would play in the cup tonight. Um, will he play against Palace? He, he probably will, I would imagine. You know, he'll probably play maybe 70, 80 minutes tonight. And. I would expect him to play against Palace as well then. So Kevin De Bruyne is another city option for us to consider now. And again, it's that ownership. It's it's very very attractive as a as a differential. And we know from the past what, what KDB can do, but with a player coming back from injury, I'm never in a rush to to get them back in. Um I like to give them a bit of time to get up to speed. We seen it with Aguero last week. Uh, we knew that Aguero was going to be back, but we didn't know if he was going to be fit to start. I, I know some people brought him in but I never would have brought Aguero in last week because he was coming back from injury. There's always that chance that they start uh, on the bench, which was the case with Aguero. So again, that could happen with KDB. He could play tonight, and we could see him on the bench again. They may just ease him back in. You know, he has had a lot of injuries this season. Uh, I don't think he's got 90 minutes in the league at all yet this year. So surely they're going to be careful with him uh, because he's such a key key player for them. But but he's one. He's on the watch list. Um, maybe for a couple of weeks' time. I mentioned Danny Ings, so he's back on my watch list. Uh, I owned him earlier in the season, and you know I was quite reluctant to let him go. I was it was it was pretty frustrating that he picked up his injury because I'm a big fan of Danny Ings. Um, he's a very clinical striker, you know, and I always fancy him if he gets a chance. He's you know he's he's up there with anybody in the league, I think, when it comes to finishing. So he's only priced at five point four million, so he's an absolute bargain. 
Uh, scored a brace against Arsenal, two two great headers. You know, the Arsenal defence was a pretty patched up defence. Koscielny uh, looks like an old man now. Um, so we, I, how much can we read into the brace? I don't know. But he did he did look good at, uh, earlier in the season as well. But the thing I like about Ings is he's going to fit into this uh, system. Hasenhutl's, you know, high press and high energy system better than any of the other Southampton strikers. Um, Ings, you know, played under Klopp as well although he was injured most of the time but you know he's going to know how the how to play in the system and I think Hasenhutl's already been you know talking up Ings uh, and Ings has said you know he likes that system I think I've seen a quote from him saying I think Ings said something like he gets as much satisfaction as winning the ball back uh, from scoring a goal which I find pretty pretty bizarre but you know it's good signs it, it's he's going to be the, the main man there at Southampton now and Southampton have they've got Huddersfield next away, which is not a bad fixture, and then they've got West Ham at home again. You know you could see him getting something there. Um, so I think if, if I'm going to get Ings, I want to get him for those two fixtures because then it's uh, Man City and Chelsea. You know, so you could bench him in those two games, but I'd like to get him in for the for the two for for this weekend and for Boxing Day as well. The, the worry with Ings is always fitness. Um, you know he's had his. He's had a serious injuries in the past, and he seems to be one of these players who suffers from niggling injuries as well. You know, they're probably linked. You know, those two, yeah, the long term ones and, and the short term ones. So, if I get him in, I'm just going to hope that he he can stay fit. So yeah, the big the big news today was Josie Mourinho getting sacked, and automatically that uh, makes us FPL managers uh, look towards United assets now. You know, they're a team I haven't owned any of them all season, but. A managerial change can make a big difference, and there's a couple of players. You know, I'll be interested to see how they do now under the new manager, whoever that's going to be. I won't be getting any of them in yet until I see, you know, how they set up under the new manager because we never know who he's going to favour. You know, especially in defence and things like that. There's so much, just been so much chopping and changing by Mourinho. We need to see who the new uh, manager is going to favour. You know, as a back four, and you know who's going to play in midfield and things like that. So, uh, Rashford, Martial. Uh, maybe even Pogba uh, and Luke Shaw are probably the four that would interest me most. Um, but again, I'm just going to wait and see, see how they do uh, under the new manager. Fixtures are excellent. That's the thing about United. You know, it's good timing uh, for us FBA managers for a new manager to come in. They've got Cardiff, Huddersfield, Bournemouth, Newcastle and Spurs. So those who are you know brave enough to, to take the plunge right away for this weekend on someone like Rashford or Martial it could be uh, could be fruitful but but I'm just going to wait and it's a it's just a watch list for, for those players uh, for me at the moment moving on to a couple of players I've removed uh, this week from the watch list uh, the City defender Laporte um, City have only kept one clean sheet in seven now so I'm not interested in, in investing uh, six odd million for Laporte when there's better, cheaper options. Uh, Kiko Femenia, I've removed him as well. Again, clean sheets is the problem. Watford have zero clean sheets in seven. And, you know, Janmat is always, there's always a threat of Janmat coming back in for Kiko as well. So I'm happy enough just to, to avoid Kiko. Sigurdsson as well. Sigurdsson's last four games are 2-2-0-2. Two, 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 so he's... You know he's a, he's an FPL legend, but he's he's fallen off the horse in recent times. And Richarlison Richarlison's the main man at Everton. I've got Richarlison, and I'm I'm hoping that I can keep the Brazilian for the rest of the season. And you know Sigurdsson has just gone off my radar now. Good chance he loses penalties as well after missing a couple. So 
his 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 appeal has diminished, and I think Richarlison is the main man there now. Bernardo Silva is another one uh, I've removed. He's just not as explosive as the other assets. I'm pretty sure he's got three blanks in a row now. Um, and when you get a Man City player, you don't really expect blanks three games in a row. Kevin De Bruyne is back as well, so maybe that'll affect Bernardo's game time. So I'm not interested. It's it's KDB, Sterling and Sani are the Man City midfielders that I want. So Bernardo is gone. And the last player I've removed this week is Isaac Success. You know, he was getting a lot of game time, but he was benched at the weekend for De La Feu. So that ends my interest in Isaac Success. If I was to go budget striker to go three five two, it'd probably I'd probably go camera rather than success now, but I don't really like either of them to be honest. Moving on to some Twitter questions, uh, I've picked out five of the best to cover some of the main uh, talking points this week. So thanks for all those questions, folks. The first one is from Tom Campbell. Um, what is my recommended combination? alongside Jimenez up front for the next few game weeks so what are we looking at for strikers for the next uh, let's say three or four weeks so I've got Jimenez Jimenez is going nowhere he's been he's been great value since I brought him in I brought him in about four weeks ago and um, he's been a real gem um, I've got Aubameyang as well who I've, I've still got faith in Aubameyang despite the pain he caused me uh, over the last you know three weeks since I've had him uh, Arsenal have Burnley at home this weekend and then Brighton away so two excellent fixtures and I just feel now is probably not the right time to sell Aubameyang it could you know I, I could see him punishing sellers so this is this feels like a situation where patience could be rewarded and I'm going to give Aubameyang time to deliver you know I didn't bring him in just for three game weeks so I'm going to give him uh, two more I'm going to give him Burnley and Brighton to see what he can do there so Tom is asking, you know, who else? So I would say Jimenez, I would say Aubameyang. And then the third one, um, I, I would probably say Danny Ings. You know, uh, I've mentioned him already. That's the front three I'm probably looking at, trying to get to. I've got Mitrovic at the moment, but as I said, I'm, I'm already losing patience after one game week. Um, so I may make a Mitrovic to Ings switch this week. So that would be my tip for a front three for Christmas is Jimenez, Aubameyang and... Uh, Danny Ings. Now it's different for people who have Harry Kane. It's you know you've got to ask yourself the question: Do you keep him or or do you sell him? And it's probably a bit like Aubameyang. I think I would. It's hard for me to answer a Kane question because I don't own him and and I haven't owned him all season. But I do think if I owned him, I would probably give him more time as well. Um, Spurs fixtures are Everton, Bournemouth, Wolves, Cardiff. You know four games where Kane could do well. Um, even though I, you know, he hasn't been passing my eye test, and I'm not really interested. But it's it's different if you already own him, um, and I think I probably would give him more time as well. Next question is from Nick Donnelly: uh, Is Felipe Anderson and Snodgrass is the double up viable? So a lot of people asked me this last week. Some of my patrons were asking me about the Felipe Anderson. Snodgrass double up and I said to them that I wasn't really keen on on the midfield West Ham double up but having watched them again at the weekend you know there's no reason not to really and um, they just keep doing it they keep scoring goals um, 
West Ham have been great and those two guys are, are smashing it. So a lot of people probably, you know, already have Felipe Anderson and maybe are looking at Snodgrass as well. And I think for the next four weeks, it, it is viable. West Ham have Watford, Southampton, Burnley and Brighton in the next four. So you could just write out those four fixtures with Anderson and Snodgrass and then maybe look to move away from, from one of them. Um, every time I watch Anderson, he impresses me more and more. Uh, I really, I, you know, I don't see him, I don't see him being at West Ham for too long. You know, watching him this season, he, you know, he reminds me a bit of Payet when when he was there. Uh, he just runs the show, and, and he's he's got he's he's got everything. Um, every time watching that Fulham game, every time he got the ball and went forward, I just thought, you know, Anderson's going to score here or Anderson's going to get an assist. He he really was uh, the standout performer in that game and. Snodgrass is just, uh, you know, playing out of his skin as well, and and he's he's excellent value. You know, he's two million less than than um, Anderson. So if, if I'm in a situation where I've got Fabianski and Balbuena, so I would have to choose one or the other uh, of Snodgrass and Anderson, and, and I think I probably would go with the the budget option and save the two million on Snodgrass if I was doing it for the next four weeks. Um, but but Anderson feels like a player who can be brought in and, and possibly kept for the rest of the season, so he could be a shrewd acquisition as well. Just while I'm on West Ham, um, when I got in Mitrovic last week, I weighed up Chicharito as well. But the main reason I, I didn't go for Chicharito was because that would have blocked a move for Anderson or Snodgrass for me. Um, and I'm kind of glad I didn't now because there is, there's talk that Arnie could be back sooner than we expected. There's talk that Arnie could play on the 27th which is game week 19 um, so you know that could affect Chicharito's uh, minutes um, over the next few weeks so I'm happy enough that I've left the midfield spot free that I can you know opt for one of Anderson or Snowgrass if I want to next question is from Alex Lewis is Fabianski a set and forget option until the end of the season so he does. He does look like it at the moment. Uh, I'm an owner, and I'm a very happy owner. Uh, I brought him in for Patricio a couple of weeks ago, and he's done great. And I'm hoping that I can just keep Fabianski now for the rest of the season and not have to worry about making transfers uh, for goalkeepers because it's something you know. It's not very exciting changing your goalkeeper, and you don't really want to change your goalkeeper very often. You want to focus, you know, on your midfield and attack uh, with transfers. So I'm. The signs are good for Fabianski. You know, he, the fixtures are still good, so he's definitely a hold for the next four weeks at least. And he's the kind of player that he's the kind of goalkeeper who can you can play him in the big games as well because he racks up a lot of save points and he does well in the in the BPS as well. So I am hoping that I can just keep him until game week thirty eight and not have to worry about goalkeepers for the rest of the season. Question four was from FPL Capitan. Is it time to stack the midfield? So is it time to invest all our cash and go with a power five in midfield? So I've I've got I'm in a three four three at the moment. Um but in the back of my mind over Christmas I'm thinking about moving to a three five two because I do feel that that is you know the midfield is where the value is. There's so many options in midfield that I want and I don't really I'm probably gonna move to cheap strikers. Um I'm, you know, I'm probably going to give Aubameyang another two weeks, and if he doesn't deliver in those two games, uh, you know, big hauls, I'm probably going to ship him for a a budget striker. Um, so that would give me possibly, you know, that it could be a strike force of Jimenez, Ings, and someone like Wilson, and then you know you could go five 
five strong midfielders then. Um, another option is obviously to get someone like Camera or Success and then go even heavier in midfield, but I, I kind of like the idea of having Ings instead of Success or Camera because it's another option you can play each week. You, you, you're probably going to have a very good first sub then. You know, you're looking at probably a strong front eight rather than having a bench fodder midfielder or striker. So yeah, I do think the time is to move Cash into midfield. It's something I'm going to look at probably doing over the next couple of weeks. But it all for me, it all kind of depends on what Aubameyang does. Um, if he if he stays quiet, I'll definitely move to a probably a three five two, um, or it's probably going to be more of a three five two, three four three hybrid with uh, Danny Ings because you could bench Danny Ings you know against the likes of City and Chelsea, and then play whoever the fifth midfielder is, or even a a, a defender like Wan Bissaka or Balbuena. I think they rotate quite well with Danny Ings, so that's where where I'm thinking at the moment. So I do think you know the likes of. In midfield, we've got Hazard, Sterling, Sane, Richarlison, Felipe Anderson. You've got Spurs midfielders. There's so many options there. Um, and I do think five midfielders is the way to go. And, you know, at the end of the day, they get an extra point for a goal and they get clean sheet, a clean sheet point as well. So it's a no-brainer, really. Maybe it's something we, we should have all been doing since game week one. You know, we're probably... I know I'm probably set in my ways. I'm always drawn towards 3-4-3, three, three, but... A lot of managers this season, you know, look at Mark Sutherland. He's been rolling with uh, budget strikers for quite a while now. And he's, you know, probably top 5,000. So, you know, he was ahead of the game. Maybe, you know, he's. we can all take note of that. And, you know, maybe times are changing. Maybe five midfielders will be the way to go from now on. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, last question is from Hogsrud. Um I think I might have covered some of this already. He's asking, should should we stay patient with Kane? Uh, this is supposed to be his time of the year. He shines. You know, do I believe this? Um, and it's something I don't really ever pay attention to. A lot of people say, you know, oh, Kane did really well at Christmas last year. He's going to do well at Christmas this year. This is his time of year to shine. I just don't believe any of that stuff. It's, you know, it's a completely new season. Um, I don't think the time of year affects how Harry Kane plays. And there's so many different factors, you know, thrown into the mix. Um, and I mentioned on the uh, on the Who Got the Assist podcast that I always I always you know take each new season as a clean slate, and I don't really look on previous seasons' performances when I'm making my decisions. And a lot of people getting Harry Kane this season, a lot of it's probably down to what he's done in the past. But I want to you know I judge him on what he's doing this season, and that's kind of why I went for Aubameyang instead. I just thought Aubameyang was a better option this season than Harry Kane. Um, so, so that's where I stand with Kane. I'm still not interested. Uh, I think there's better value even in the likes of Deli Alley and, and Son. I think they could be better value over Christmas. So, if I go Spurs, it's going to be a midfielder most likely. Thanks for the questions, folks. Moving into captaincy for game week 18. There's a lot of options this week. Uh, the Man City are at home to Palace. Aubameyang plays Burnley at home. Hazard's got Leicester at home. Um, Salah plays Wolves away and Harry Kane plays Everton away so you know you could make a case for any one of those to be to be a captain this week for me though it's I'm not going to look past the Man City players I'm going to talk about my transfers after this um, and you'll you'll you can probably tell already what what my plans are going to be um, when, when I mention in City players for captaincy I don't have any at the moment but that's not going to be the case by the time uh, game week 18 rolls around 
Uh, Aubameyang at home to Burnley. You know, if you don't have Man City midfielders, I think he's a good option as well. I just find it hard to trust him after watching him at the weekend, frustrating me. Um, Hazard at home to Leicester. Leicester, Leicester are pretty good defensively, so that would probably put me off the Hazard captaincy this week. Um, Hazard has a gnaw, but it looks like he'll be okay for the weekend. Salah, Salah away at Wolves. He could, you know, he could do well, but Wolves. Wolves have been pretty good defensively as well. I think they're posting good uh, stats defensively. So, you know, they could frustrate Salah. Uh, we don't know. So that would probably put me off Salah as well this week. And Kane, Everton away, it's it's not an easy fixture. So, you know, I, do, I don't always go for a home captain, but I do probably do it more often than not. So I'm looking at City and I'm looking at Aubameyang. But, but for me, it's, it's probably going to be uh, whichever Man City midfielder I bring in. So that brings me on to transfers. I've got two free transfers and I'm considering doing a minus four. So I'm, I'm weighing up uh, a possible, you know, a bit of surgery, three transfers. And what it is, is um, losing Mo Salah. So, you know, I've been asking myself this question for weeks, every week, almost for the last couple of weeks, you know, should I lose Mo Salah to get a Man City midfielder? And I probably should have done it before the United game you know I did consider going Salah to Sterling um, after his hat-trick and you know I decided against it and then I seen that Sterling was benched and I thought great you know I've made a great decision here not doing Salah to Sterling but then of course Sterling still manages to outscore him despite starting the game on the bench so Sterling is is top of my most wanted list and I think this could be the week where I finally bite the bullet and, and get rid of Salah and get Raheem Sterling and, and Captain Sterling then against Palace. So the minus four is would be Salah to Sterling, uh, Mitrovic out after just one week to Danny Ings, and Danny Ings would enable me to do Madison to Sane. So that's where the big attraction is in selling Mitrovic after just one week. It would give me Salah, uh, sorry, it would give me Sterling and Sane, which appeals to me. You know, uh, City have good fixtures. Fixtures don't really matter for City anyway. You know they blow most teams away, but they do have Palace next at home. Then it's Leicester, Southampton, tough one against Liverpool, and then it's Wolves. Um, so you know, I Man City have been hurting me this season, uh, and I want to get I want to get in some other assets. So when you're buying one, why not why not get two for the price of one? That's the way I'm looking at it. I'm going to get Sterling and Sane probably this week. A lot depends on the the cup tonight. You know who plays. Um, if Sani if Sani was to play ninety minutes tonight, you know it might put me off getting him. Uh, if Sterling plays ninety minutes, I'll still probably go and get him anyway because he's had, I think you know he's had two rests in the league now, uh, so I I, re- I would be very surprised to see him benched against Crystal Palace this weekend. So I think he's a pretty safe captaincy option this week, and he's the guy I want to captain this week. So um, even if I decide against Sani, um, I'm probably pretty set on getting Sterling in this week for Salah. Obviously, it's only Tuesday, and and you know things change quickly in FPL. So I could change my mind, but that's where I'm leaning towards at the moment. The other option is obviously to keep Mo Salah and, and captain him against Wolves. But I just, I just don't have a, I don't have good feelings about that Wolves away game for Liverpool. I think Wolves could uh, frustrate them. Um, so I don't see a monster haul for Salah in that one, which 
is probably making it a bit easier for me to to maybe lose him. But obviously that could come back and bite me. We know Salah is Salah, and and you know he could he could get another 15, 20 points. But I st- I'm still not convinced by him this season. Um, I think the hat trick against Bournemouth has you know it, it makes us forget you know about what he's been like for for the most part of the season, and that hat trick was a gift. You know Steve Cook gave us twenty one points uh, that week, so I'd be forever grateful to Steve Cook for that. But I I, I am I am leaning towards Alan Salah. Uh, Aubameyang as well. I I don't want to. I'm not really thinking about selling Aubameyang as I mentioned. You know, I could do if I wanted to keep if I wanted to keep Salah. I could sell Aubameyang to get Sterling, but I don't want to sell Aubameyang. Um, I like the idea of having Hazard, Aubameyang, Sane, and Sterling for the Christmas period. So that's that's what I'm looking at. A couple of things to mention before I wrap up the podcast um i i joined the lads the who got the assist lads for their podcast last night their christmas special so that's a very good podcast so make sure you check that one out as well this week you know i probably go into a lot more detail on on some of the stuff i've mentioned here on this one so check that out you'll, you'll find them on all the the usual platforms uh, on twitter i think they're hgta underscore fpl i think i'm right on that one um another thing to mention is there uh, on Thursday, there's an exciting new FPL project launching, uh, 90 minutes at a time. So on Twitter, they are 90 mat. Um, keep an eye out for that. It's uh, it's going to be a digital uh, FPL monthly uh, magazine supplement. I'm not sure how what they're calling it, but I've 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 done an article for that one. Um, they've put together a team of very good writers for the first uh, first edition of that. And um, I've I've done an article on the five most wanted, so uh, Hazard, Salah, Sterling, Kane, and Aubameyang, and I've ranked them, you know, one to five uh, for the Christmas period. So keep an eye out for that on Thursday. I'll I'll do a couple of uh, tweets and retweets on that anyway. The this this will be my last podcast until the new year. I'm I'm traveling back to Ireland on Friday for Christmas, so. I haven't been back to see the family since the wedding in July, so I'm really looking forward to going home, uh, catching up with family and friends, and I'm, I'm going to take a complete break from social media uh, and FPL, and well, I'm, I'm still going to obviously look after my own team in FPL, but I'm going to take a break, uh, so this Friday will be my last day on Twitter until the new year, uh, I just feel, you know, I need to take a break, I need to recharge the batteries, December has been a very, uh, very draining month, Um you know, very intense with, with so many games thick and fast and, and being up and down to London a couple of times and things like that. So I'm looking forward to taking a break for Christmas uh, and just spending time with the family and friends. The the ITS podcast as well, I'll get them back up and running in the new year. Um, it's quite It was quite hard in December to get, you know, as many of them done as I would like to because, you know, the games are just coming so thick and fast. But in the new year, I'm going to make them a more regular thing, you know, hopefully do three or four each weekend. Um, when when things calm down again and we just go back to regular game week, so they've been well received and and I think they are quite helpful for people who don't get to see the game. So I, I will continue with them in the new year as well. Um, one other thing I wanted to mention today, I came across uh, some some news today that Kenneth Tang, who is one of the best FPL managers in the world, he was on the FPL Meet the, the Fancy Football Scout Meet the Manager series uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was an excellent watch. Um, but I just read today that he's suffering with illness, so I just wanted to wish him 
uh, wish him very well in his his recovery and, and hopefully that he does get through his his battle and that he continues to to school us in FPL for for years to come. So I just wanted to give give Kenneth a shout out and send him my best wishes there. Um, all I'm left to say is uh, thanks thanks for following me this year. Thanks for listening to the podcasts. I appreciate all the support, the likes, the retweets, everything else. Um, really enjoying what I'm doing this season. And I want to give a special uh, thank you to my patrons who, without them, I wouldn't be able to do what I do full time. So really a special thanks to my patrons as well for that. And I want to just wish everyone a, a Merry Christmas and, and a Happy New Year. And, and hopefully, I hope you get plenty of plenty of green arrows from from Santa Claus uh, over the next next couple of weeks so I'll talk to you all in uh, early January um, thanks again folks <laughs>